there are tests for cancer. You know, there are lots of tests for breast cancer, colon cancer, you know, testicular cancer. There's no blood test or there's no special scan that we have for anxiety. You just have to, you know, know that it's a real illness. It can impair you. It can deter you. It can keep you from living a normal, everyday functioning life. You are now tuned in to a Power Podcast Network production. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to The Elephant in the Room, a love letter to mental health. And I am your host. I am Adrian Freeman. Today, we're going to talk about a couple of different things. We're going to kind of jump all over the page. We're going to let my ADHD take over for the hour, and we're going to keep some things going, talk about some things, bring up some topics, call out some people, call out some things, um, talk to you about um, our topic as well as anxiety and black women. Um, Black women are winning out here right now. If you didn't know it, you know it now. Black women are winning. It took a woman from Spelman to collaborate with a woman from FAMU to elect a woman to be the first female vice president from Howard. HBCUs right now, guys, are winning. You know, years ago, they always had disparaging things to say about HBCUs. And for those of you that don't know what that stands for, that stands for Historical Black College or University. Um, said a lot of disparaging things about, about HBCUs and they weren't good or this or that, and they didn't get the kind of funding that public institutions received or things of that nature. But now it's, I don't want it to be a trend. I don't want it to be passe, but it seems to be now lots more people are going to HBCU route. I went to HBCU. I went to Shaw University for a year and a half. But um, those of you that know, I did not finish, but I did attend the HBCU. So I um, I understand the culture and experience. But I want to jump into one great big topic. We have a new president-elect and our first female vice president-elect. And that's a pretty big deal. It's pretty, I I sound kind of monotone because my anxiety level has been so high with it that I couldn't couldn't really focus this week like I wanted to. Looked kind of stressed out, felt very stressed out. You know what I'm saying? Just because, you know, Tuesday, you know, we're just with bated breath, waiting to see what the electoral college was going to do, what the popular vote was going to do. And then you had to wait, then you had to wake up Wednesday, had to wake up Thursday, had to wake up Friday, God willing, you know, and then Saturday, Saturday noon, you got that good news. We had a president-elect, which is like a big burden off of people's shoulders because, you know, it'd been, you know, we'd been going four days. People had said we were going to go into Thanksgiving. We might have gone even into Christmas without knowing who the president-elect was going to be. But that's just... That was just asinine to me because I could not have thought that we were going to go that far into it and not know. But then yet again, this reminds me of the 2000 um, election with Al Gore and with um, George W. Bush and how Trump wants to sue all these states and wants to get the Supreme Court to come in and hear it because it's unconstitutional and, and all that rhetoric and all that rigmarole. 
I was just I just telling you guys, hearing all that and then Trump claiming victory on Wednesday just freaked me out. I was just like, this kid can't be serious. He really can't. He really thinks that he is winning. He really, really thinks that he won. You know, um, wanting to challenge Pennsylvania, sue Nevada, sue Arizona. You know, he's not going to concede. You know, Trump is not going to concede. We know this. But I, I worry about the repercussions and the blowback that we'll get from this because this is not cute at all. You know, he told the Proud Boys to stand up and stand stand by or stand by and stand up or whatever that that was you know you're just you're afraid because you don't know what kind of violence trump could or would incite but i did read somewhere where his son-in-law told him he needed to go ahead and concede and try to let let this go and move on you know because you know just just on a historical piece just a little bit of information for you guys that may not have known Trump still can get the daily briefings if he chooses to do so. That's one of the um, one of the rights as a former president. You still get to get that national security briefing. The Bushes took advantage of it. I think Bill Clinton took advantage of it. I'm not sure about Barack Obama, but I know the Bushes, um, when they both, junior and senior, both left office, they had... Um, taking that right to get those daily um, national security briefings and things of that nature. He still gets, you know, Secret Service details. So I don't understand why he's not ready for public life. People keep saying he's going to be arrested or whatever. That's not my that's not my cross to bear. What I am excited about is, again, we have a female vice president in the White House. I don't want to get into it with people about color, race, ethnicity, any of that. The fact that she's a woman and she's the vice president and in four years or eight years or how many other years or what have you, she can run for president. And then in my niece's lifetime, my lifetime, my mother's lifetime, this has happened. This is monumental. This is historic. Um, I don't care how you feel about Biden and Harris or what have you or whatever your feelings are and people posting not my president already, things of that nature. Um, I got a lot of that on my timeline, and I just want to just go um, and put a little um, segue. I worked in daycare for 30 years, and a lot of kids that I've raised and watched and helped raise are white. With that being said, I am black. I might have been the first black experience, the first black person, that they had a real daily one-on-one -on -one experience with. Not so much the parents, but the child. And to see some of these children, grown adults, wives, husbands, parents, what have you, they turn around and they say those kind of things. It kind of hurts my feelings. But then I can't, you know, I'm not going to sit here and unfriend people and do petty stuff like that. You know, they have a right to their opinion. They have a right to freedom of speech, to say what it is that they have to say. I get that. I've not really posted anything on my timeline. You know, I'm excited that Biden's won. He's been in the political life for many, many years. 
he's been through a lot of things as a as a human being the death of his first wife and daughter you know bearing Bo a couple years ago the scandals with hunter whether or not you know you choose to even get into that salaciousness or what have you um he's been through a lot you know we know about the plagiarism we know what he said about black people or roaches we know about the crime bill of 94 you know that's going to haunt a lot of people but to take a step forward as he has and to say that it was wrong and to really stand on that and say that it was wrong, it is monumental. You know, never seen so many African-Americans in my lifetime that went out and voted. You know, and I said last week, yeah, sometimes they are selected and not elected. But that's a person's personal opinion. I'm not here to sit here and bash opinions or what you like, what you don't like, or what you're thinking about, or how you feel. I can't judge a person because everybody, again, is entitled. But I want to get back to them kids that I raised. I'm very disappointed that you would say that. And you can say, well, I have black friends. Okay. What is that supposed to mean? That's supposed to make it any better? You know, you have to respect the office that he holds. He may not be your president, but you must respect the office that he and she will both hold and represent. Now, how they represent it is going to be on them in the cabinet that they choose. You know, all American people can do is hold bated breath and just watch and just sit back and, you know, watch the thing unfold. And if you feel disgruntled or you feel cheated, then in another four years, you go back and you vote again. You know, we have, you know, midterms coming up. Georgia's got a big runoff election in January. You know, we got some elections coming up in two years. And then again, four years, we'll have another presidential election. It's on you. But history has been made. This will be in history books from now on and forever. There is a woman vice president. I want to say it one more time because it, 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 I, I say it and sometimes I stutter, so I'm just kind of overwhelmed with it. There is a female vice president that wore Tim's and wore Chuck's. Who is an AKA? Who did graduate from HBCU? Yes, we know about her policies as the AG in California, you know, her seat is now available and what they need to do now is they need to get together collectively in California and find a woman, a black woman that is, to run for that office or run for that seat and to hopefully get elected. There have only been 10 black women that have been in Congress that I can, that I can recall in my lifetime. And now that, you know, Ms. Harris' seat is up for is up now, you know, um, that calls into question other things. We just have to just be very diligent now and hold Biden and, and Kamala Harris to a, a higher standard. You know, Kamala and, and Joe, we have to hold them to a higher standard now. He said the African-American community had his back and he's going to have our back. And we have to hold him to that. You know, we have waited with bated breath. Now we know 
Now we can celebrate, you know, what have you, and then we can move on. This is not like the Barack Obama era when we had our first black president, period. You know, we let Barack slide on a whole lot of things. But now we need to hold Joe and Mrs. Harris, we need to hold them accountable. We can't not not let them get by. I keep hearing this thing about the taxes. I'm kind of freaked out about it because it'll affect me in some form or fashion. The tax being taxes being raised. So um that's just my rant for today. I'm disappointed in peep some people that I've seen on my timeline. You know, Jesus take the wheel, he's not my president. You know, we go in the court and all those types of things. I respect them for being able to say that because they have the right and the freedom to say that. But to have helped raise them as small children and as infants, to watch them grow up, you know, to know that they wanted to see a misogynist. They wanted to see somebody who has said horrible things about immigrants, minorities, people in general, that you wanted him to be back in office is is dumbfounding to me. But again, everybody has that right. I'm not a person that's going to get into a political debate with anybody because I believe in freedom of speech and that you have the right to say what you want to say without invoking a riot or ire. So I just want to touch on that a little bit and just be a little excited about our first female vice president. Finally getting a little getting a little excited. I won't really get real excited until the inauguration in January. Then I know it's real. Because let's be honest. Let's be really honest, people. He could still come back and sue a state. And they could have a recount. And it could be like the 2000 election was with Bush and Gore. It could really be that. You know, nobody wants to take that chance. But I really think that that could happen. That really, 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 really could happen. Again. But I think people that lived through the Bush and Gore thing, I don't think they want to see that again. So I don't think that will happen. But, you know, who knows? But what I do want to talk about today is anxiety. Because I know while most of Americans have had it, and I'm going to read some things off to you about some myths and some facts, give you some good old background information, and then just ways to kind of combat, you know, your anxiety. Because I know people are still having it, still feeling a certain type of way. Anxiety, myth number one, anxiety isn't a real illness. Wow. Because it is a real illness. It, it's, 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 it's a feeling that we've had the past four days. And anybody that hasn't felt any kind of anxiety or any kind of, you know, just tightening of your chest or nervousness or, or being stressed out, then you're, you're kidding yourself. You're kidding yourself. Anxiety is natural. But having a form of an anxiety disorder that is an impairment, that's where the real illness comes in. When anxiety is so great that it impairs you from doing, like let's say it impairs you from going to work every day. Your anxiety is so bad you can't go to work. Now that's an, that's an illness. That's, that's a real illness. 
anything that impedes you from doing your daily routine. What we have experienced over the past couple of days was just, you know, an uncertainty, I guess you would say. Excuse me. You know, now here's a good one. Here's a good one for people that think anxiety is not real. There are tests for cancer. You know, there are lots of tests for breast cancer, colon cancer, you know, testicular cancer. There's no blood test or there's no special scan that we have for anxiety. You just have to, you know, know that it's a real illness. It can impair you. It can deter you. It can keep you from living a normal, everyday functioning life. The same way that I talk about somebody with a broken leg or a broken arm should be the same way we talk about somebody with a mental health issue. There should be no shame. I hope to see in my lifetime that you can normalize mental health, anxiety, you know, suicide, depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, autism, that you, can, that you can freely talk about those, that children can talk about that in school and not be shunned or ridiculed or humiliated. That if a child is having a bad day, they can go up to their teacher and say, I'm having a lot of anxiety right now. Can you help me? Just as you would if you had a bloody nose or a runny nose or your stomach hurt. Now, any of those three things you have, you can go to a school nurse and get treated for. But anxiety, they think it's all in your head. They think that you want attention. They think it's just something that you're just making up. But I want it to be more normalized in my lifetime. The kids in school can have a mental health platform they can stand on and stand and, and, feel, and feel comfortable about. Because again, with COVID, Kids went back to school last week. They haven't been in school since March. This is November. You know, there's a lot of anxiety with kids going back. They don't go back every day. They go back, you know, either Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Wednesday, nobody goes to school. That's a, a work day, catch-up day, whatever kind of day you want to call that. But just think about the anxiety and trepidation that those kids have had going back to school. You've been virtual learning or been at home since March. And then you're just thrown back into the pot back here in November. That's a lot of anxiety. So if kids are acting a certain way or feeling a certain way, talk to them. Let their feelings be valid. Listen to them. You know, hear them out before you dismiss them or think they don't want to go to school, they've been home so long, or what have you. Listen to them. Make their feelings valid. Make them feel like they're, you know, a part of something. Myth number two about anxiety. A panic attack can make you lose control or pass out. No. You know when you pass out is when your blood pressure drops real low. That's when you pass out or you faint. A panic attack does not do that. 
Fainting occurs when your blood pressure drops really low. That's when you faint. Panic attacks, they don't do that. Panic attacks do the opposite. They make your heart rate go higher and higher and higher, and then you just like this. So that's a, that's a myth that I want to get really cleared up. Myth number three. Someone with anxiety should avoid situations that cause stress. Well, boys and girls, we just got out of a situation that we couldn't kind of help having stress about. The presidential election, that's something, unless you're just got a strong constitution, you aren't going to be able to get away or around or not be able to, to have some form of anxiety about what was going on, especially come Wednesday, Thursday, Friday morning, and we still didn't really know what was going on with, you know, Pennsylvania, Arizona, Nevada, Georgia, Alaska, you, you didn't know. So, you know, it was hard to avoid those types of situations. But let me read this to you so you'll know. First off, impossible, like I just said. Second, being fragile only tends to lead to make more anxiety and gradually safely exposing yourself to the same source of anxiety can eventually, for me, it, it will eventually get to where I'm not so anxious anymore if I can face it. If I can face the thing that makes me anxious, it makes me nervous, and I can slowly get myself into it, then I'm not so, not so anxious or nervous anymore. Like voting. I didn't vote till the Saturday before, you know, that Tuesday, I voted about quarter to 11 that Saturday morning. And like I told many of you, almost didn't vote, which would have been horrendous given the turnout, given what we know now. Would have been horrible. I would have kicked myself for the rest of my life. But I was so anxious and so nervous. But once I faced it and I did it, it slowly went away and I slowly felt better. And I'm not saying that's good for everybody, but what I am saying is, like Eleanor Roosevelt said, find one thing you fear, do something you fear daily. That's just a paraphrase, Eleanor Roosevelt. Find something that you're afraid of and do it daily. Don't, don't, don't spend your life being scared. Because like they say, scared money don't make money. Hmm. Myth number four, hyperventilating necessarily isn't a dangerous thing. Carrying a paper bag around all those times can just heighten your anxiety. People, we're not carrying out paper bags. That'll make the thing worse. If it does anything, it'll make your blood pressure or make you, or if you're asthmatic, you'll start having breathing problems. Hyperventilating generally doesn't hurt you, even though it does feel like it does feel very unpleasant. Hyperventilating is a very unpleasant experience. It's, it's along the lines of having a panic attack. But you don't need a paper bag to carry around with you all the time when you think you're going to have a, um, a hyperventilating episode. It's just not needed. It's corny. 
and, and it's not corny. I just feel like for me and the people that listen to me and the people that know me, that know my mental health, I, I don't want to subscribe to those types of things because those are very stereotypical. You know, you have a ventilator to give your paper bag. That's such a stereotype. And those are the kinds of things that we need to end and we need to break. Those types of stigmas, that's not, that's not good. Not good at all. Myth number five about anxiety. Some people are just worry warts and they can't be treated. OMG. There's probably a generic component to anxiety. And effective treatments from medication to various types of therapy can help you get that under control. Now, that's a fact. You know, um, I come from a family of just people that have anxiety. My father, my mother, my sister, my niece, we all seem to have anxiety. And it's not a bad thing. I mean, I'm glad I know that I have it. And I'm kind of glad to know there is a twinge of a genetic component to it that I just didn't pluck this out the sky and it was just bestowed upon me. So, you know, with that, I'm kind of like, so, you know, that in itself is is a good thing to know. But people aren't just worry wards. Some people are, and most people aren't. You, You can't help that you worry about everything. You just need to relax. Take deep breaths, relax, do grounding techniques, drink water, you know, just keep keep positive energy around you and, and not so negative and thinking everything is gloom and doom. And just and just take deep breaths and relax. I think yoga is one of the best things that a person can do. And I guess you're saying that big people can't do yoga. You can start off doing yoga. And then I've seen big people that do yoga. So, so we're going to squash them myths right now about doing, about big people doing yoga. We're getting ready to squash, squash those myths right, right now. And two-thirds of anxiety disorders are inherited. So we know 66% of people that have anxiety got it inherently. You got it from your parents. So don't be mad at mom and dad. Just, you know, sometimes you're, you're born with something. Sometimes you need to take that and be glad and be blessed. It's not a bad thing. I have anxiety terribly. But... Once I can kind of like ground myself and I can relax and look at the big picture, hopefully I can get calmed down. So that was anxiety myth number five. Anxiety myth number six. Anxiety disorders are not very common. Fact, 18% of Americans, American adults, which is one in five, experience some type of anxiety disorder any given year. This past year has been 
the most craziest, been the most outlandish, the most surprising, the most enlightening year that I've ever experienced. You know, from turning 50, being hospitalized, um, having to start everything over from scratch in my personal life and in my professional life. And then just COVID comes in and then just humbles the whole world. You know, you're sequestered, you're stuck in your house, you're having to wear a mask, you're having to distance yourself, you're having to, you know, use hand sanitizer as opposed to you didn't, or you made fun of people that use hand sanitizer before now and having to wash your hands. And it's such a little minute thing as hand washing and wearing hand sanitizer have just been now are so openly and readily just a norm now. You know, there's some form of anxiety that we've all experienced this year. Can't say nobody's not had any kind of anxiety because you have. You've had some form of anxiety. You've had some form of it, you know, whether you've had panic attacks or you've hyperventilated or you just worried yourself into a frenzy or you might have even passed out. You know, you might have fainted or something of that nature. You have experienced an anxiety this year. And like I said, again, especially children. Because kids haven't lived on a planet long enough to, to go through the nuances and things that we as adults go through. So when kids were in school in March and then Governor Cooper came in and, and put the schools on lockdown, you know, couldn't nobody go to school. You had to stay at home. Everybody was sequestered. And then they just get thrown back into that mess last Monday. That's a lot for a child to take. And that does create a lot of anxiety. Riding the bus, having to stay six feet away from people, having to, you know, blow your nose, wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands, wearing masks, trying to breathe and talk with the mask on. Um, and still trying to do those school things that they want you to do. Now, we've not gotten back into where they're going to have the superlatives, they're going to play sports and things like that again. We don't know when that will ever happen. But just these babies going back to school last week was quite, I'm sure that they were stressed out. I'm sure they were. I, I have no doubt in my mind that those kids were not stressed out. But I want to jump into another topic again. I want to talk about the first female vice president again. Because now I'm starting to feel it. I wasn't, I wasn't real cool yesterday. I was real still kind of in shock. Because you know it, you never know if they're going to pull the rug out from under it or what have you. But when she spoke last night and gave her a speech, her and Biden... I was excited. I got excited because now, you know, it's, it's real. Unless, again, like I said, you know, Trump and his attorneys get together and they sue states and they call for recounts and things of that nature. Again, like in the 2000 election. I'm just excited for the state of Georgia because that state was flipped. Shout out to Stacey Abrams and Keisha Lance Bottoms. She's the mayor of Atlanta. 
Stacey Abrams is a representative from the state of Georgia. You know, Stacey Abrams ran for public office back here in 2018, and she lost. But she took her loss graciously, and she just put all her time and all her energy back into, you know, the voter drives, voter registration, you know, making a pathway, hopefully, for felons to be able to vote and things of that nature, first-time votership. And, you know, people came out and said Stacey Abrams was bitter and all those things. She just took lemons and made lemonade, you know, for lack of a better term. She wasn't bitter. She just knew that her energies would do elsewhere. And, and when you lose on such a national, worldwide platform, you can do one of two things. You can tuck your tail and be mad and bitter and, and me, 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 or you can look at what happened and be like, okay, next time when I do this, we'll know what to do and what not to do. I, I, just, I just really do, you know, applaud them. 800,000 new voters, they flipped that state. That's normally a, a red state, but it's a blue state now. And to know that those two women were responsible. And they're HBCU graduates again. You know, Stacey Abrams, Spellman, um, Keisha Lance Bottoms was FAMU. And for those that don't know it, FAMU, Florida A&M University. And then Kamala Harris is a Howard graduate. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of heavy repping for the HBCUs during this time. Like I said earlier at the top of the program, a lot of love to the HBCUs. Can, can't not, not say enough. But like I said a couple weeks ago, we were going to have homecoming at the polls, and we seem to have done that. You know, we turned out and we turned up. So now we can celebrate today, but we still need to hold these people accountable. We still need to hold Biden and Harris accountable. You know, whatever their policies were, the things they were running for on their platform when they were on this political trail, hey, we got to hold you to it. And I just want to give a quick shout out to the, just to the openly gay, the transgender people that were elected. There was a lot of people that were transgender, non-binary, openly gay, lesbian, ran for a lot of political offices this time and won them. Shout out to the LBGTQIA community. Once again, I stand in full support of them. And I want Biden and Harris to come in there and take all those policies that Trump had put in place against them. I need him to fix them ASAP. You know, the transgender community, I need you to fix those laws and policies and put things in place for them. They go through so much as it is. And then just the, the, the business of being a person just seems to be, it seems to just be just horrible. People trying to get their name changed or try to get, you know, their licenses changed to fit their gender, all the things they have to go through to do that. that it shouldn't be that hard. 
You know, if I get married, I can go to the courthouse and to the Social Security office and show you my marriage license and get that done. But if somebody's trans, they have to go through eight kinds of hoops and things of that nature to get, you know, change their name. They have to go do get this done and go get that done. It's ridiculous. I just hope that Harrison Biden put things in place in office for people, the trans community and things of that nature to, to where it's not such a jumping through hoops process is what I'm really saying. I couldn't I couldn't go and not record this podcast and not mention all those people that won public office. Like I said, there were trans, gay, lesbian, non-binary that, that won office that won office positions. Couldn't could not not even talk today if I didn't mention that. Um really excited. May not sound it, but I am. But like I said again. We don't know what the future holds for Trump. We don't know what he can do, what he can say, what his attorneys may try to do. Again, I said his son-in-law told him to concede and move on. Um, Trump said he wasn't leaving that office, but I think he better. He needs to call two men in a truck because I think it's over for him. I think it's really over for him, so I think that he may need to, um, to do that. But I wanted to really, again, just talk about the election, talk about black women. Because black women, there's a a woman in office. And again, I'm not getting into the race with y'all. Because it's bigger than race. There's a woman, there's a vice president. They could run and be president in the next four years, next eight years. They could be your president. And to just know in my lifetime, 50, to live to see a woman vice president is just huge. It's historic. When they write textbooks in the next five, six years, they have to write about her. And and, and, and you know what? I want to say something else about um, Kamala Harris. You know, we know what she did as the AG in California. We know... You know, as the district attorney, we know what she did. We know how she locked all those black men up. We know she's against body cams. We know how she, you know, had all those policies and things when she was the AG in California. We know this. We know that she was harsh with with, with black people and criminals in that respect and all the, the black men she locked up. We all know that. We know the numbers. The numbers are daunting. They're staggering. And then there's some of you that said, well, she slept her way into those jobs. And I'm like, okay, I've slept, I've slept with some people to get some things, to get some things done my damn self. So I'm not going to stand here and throw stones at this woman. You know, I, I, I've read her bio. I, 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 I have, I have read up on her. I have read up on, on Ms. Harris. I've read and read. I've looked at her policies when she was in California as the AG as a, as a district attorney, you know, I, I've, I've read the rumors when she dated um, that other that other mayor, you know, how she dated him and he gave her, she got positions and she got this job and she got that job and she was able to move into this position and move in that position because she slept with somebody. A lot of y'all sleep with people right now and can't get, and can't get $40 sleeping with somebody. 
So I'm not about to sit here and throw stones. I'm just not. So I think we need to go ahead and kill that conversation too. So I, I, I had to I had to throw that in there too because that was that was on my heart because um, like I said, I don't slept with some people to get some things done in my personal life that I'm not real proud of, but I'm here to say we're gonna stop judging because we have a woman vice president. I know everybody wanted Hillary to do it. Everybody wanted Hillary, Hillary, Hillary. But I still think, me personally, there is room at the table for Hillary right now. I really think there's still room at the table for Hillary to come back and still be on the political scene. She's never left, but I just think there's still room for her you know, after her, her defeat to Trump in, you know, 2016, I still think there's still room for her at the table. You know, I don't know who sent that laugh emoji, but I'm serious. You know, they want to talk about Miss Harris don't slip around and slept to this position, slept to that position. I'm over it. I'm so over that. That doesn't make any sense to me. You know, lots of people have, have have had to do what they had to do to get to where they need to get to. And if you've had to, you know, put sex into the mix, then that's what you had to do. Like I said, I've done it. I'm, I'm not real proud about it, but I've done it. So. I just want to let you know also, I want to tell you where you guys can find me at, besides here every Sunday afternoon, where you can find me 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can find me on Facebook. I am the Adrian Michelle Freeman on Facebook. I am the underscore Adrian underscore Michelle underscore Freeman on Instagram. I am the elephant in the room on Facebook and Instagram. I am safewithadrian.com. That is my website. Go check it out. There's some episodes that are on there that you can click on and listen to. Some I did at home. Some I made Play-Doh, stuff like that. Check those out. Tell me what you think about them. And you can find me here. Find me on Spotify. You can find me on Apple. You can find me on YouTube. I am the Elephant in the Room on YouTube. Subscribe to my page. I don't have but two subscribers. You're right. Some people can't get $40. I just said that. You sleeping with somebody right now that won't give you $40. And y'all mad because Camilla Harris dated somebody and got her a good government job. I'm not mad at her. I'm just not mad. I'm, I'm, I can't be mad. I, I, I just, I'm not. Um, she's the first female, female vice president. I can't be mad at this woman. I'm very excited. But again, those are the places you can find me on Facebook and Instagram, safewithadrian.com. You can find me here in the Phonic Den every Sunday from 1 to 2. You can go to my um, Instagram, find me on Instagram, find me on Facebook. I am never hard to find. I'm always out there to reach. And if anybody has any comments, Go to my um, you go to my Instagram, my Facebook, leave comments. Go to um, Safe with Adrian, leave a review. 
I appreciate it. Look for all positive and negative feedback. Tell me what I can do to be a better mental health advocate. Tell me what I need to talk about, what I don't need to talk about. Things that you want to hear about, tell me so I can talk about them in my own way. And I just want to thank everybody that's watched and listened. This has been The Elephant in the Room, A Love Letter to Mental Health. And I have been your host, The Adrian Michelle Freeman. Thank you, guys. See you next Sunday. Bye. I am sad about Jeopardy board. I am. I am sad about the Alex Trebek town. Good? Yep. Awesome.